This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Nissan. As a pioneer in the electric vehicle space, Nissan is always looking for ways to deliver new, meaningful technologies to EV owners. After all, Nissan has been making EVs since 1947. Their EVs have now traveled 8 billion miles by Nissan Leaf owners since 2010. Yes, my friend, that is 8 billion with a B, the equivalent of driving to Pluto and back, which is not a real planet. Think that's electrifying? One of their EVs trekked all the way to the North Pole, where all the uh, underground government military bases are run. And Nissan even tests their EV technology on the Formula E racetrack. But Nissan knows that you don't get an EV just for the E. You get a Nissan EV because it makes you feel electric, because it sparks your imagination, it ignites something within you, it pins you to your seat, and it... (gasps) takes your breath away uh, at least that's what nissan thinks about when designing their evs like the nissan aria and the famous nissan leaf it's about creating a thrilling design that electrifies its customers nissan's focus on creating a thrilling drive and an electrifying life on today's world it's so important to look around you to pay attention to look for all the tiny ways life can electrify you uh, i like to feel electric um by going to dinner um, trying new foods and then being late to my own podcast recording so that my host gets mad at me. But we recover um, because I never do that. So every once in a while, I need to electrify my life. That's called edging. <laughs> Nissan EVs that electrify. I'm recording. How long gone? The sun is out in Manhattan. A chill still in the air. I was able to get a haircut uh, and kind of um, go to some of my local book merchants uh, earlier this afternoon. So I'm feeling um, ready to pod, Jason. Okay, so Chris had his Chris day where he gets to look at books. And that kind of fires you up and gets you ready to make a pod. Well, I just, you know, you, you forget that in New York, you can accomplish so much in, in one, in a couple hours. You know, you, you get a haircut, you go to a couple bookstores, you grab some lunch. I mean, this stuff, it's no problem. So much. Cortana. Where do you, where do you have the time for all this leisure though, Chris, as a, as a hustler? Well, luckily, Jason, I'm never without my cellular telephone, which allows me to stay connected to my business partners, as well as my uh, financial advisors, mm-hmm. parents, friends friends, partners, etc. Um, so it's it's no problem for me. Are you really actually browsing novellas, though, if you're constantly glued to your phone, Chris? I'm not glued to my phone. I wasn't looking at novellas. I was at Karma and Mass. It's not really. <laughs> it ain't really. It's it's a feast for the eyes, you know, in some ways. <laughs> oh, well uh, put. Well put. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, but I know you were out there. It, I, from what I saw on the group chat, it looked like you were tugging the kettlebell around like the old days. Yeah, I was. It's it's finally. I mean, it it sucks to sled when it's when it's rainy because it, the the grass is all slick and it just kind of flops around. You don't you don't get any uh, resistance at all. So it's starting to dry out a little bit more. And I went out. It was beautiful. Loved it. Little vitamin D Huberman style bitch. Oh God, I'm jealous of that. I mean, I guess there's some vitamin D here, but I got as soon as you know, as soon as we finish podcasting, a couple more calls, and then we both have events tonight. I know, and I have to, I have to, oh, yeah, I have to put on a jacket and go uptown to see Hamilton at the Carlisle. Uh, thanks to DS and Durga. Mm-hmm. Dinner is also served, so I'm not going to be watching the performance hungry. I'm sure I'll have a um, 
you know a, a great french fry or two what uh what kind of food do they serve at hamilton is it just is it all kind of like vintage throwback like no. like 1800s food no it's not a shaker restaurant uh no it's just it's just <laughs> a, it's the regular carlisle menu i i imagine it's nothing special mm-hmm. um but I'm, I'm hearing that the shows are good it's it's such a cool thing that that they let him do this because i feel like otherwise it's you know it's woody allen on the fucking on the clarinet or it's like a 95 year old guy you've never heard of yeah so it, it's it's not helping it's not helping the carlisle's rebrand of trying to get the tiktokers out of there <laughs> but it's 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 better than it's still better than some things they could do so i want to pat them on the back for that yeah i mean i always did want to go see woody toot that horn but you know the, that fire has burned out a little while ago not to quote elton john another musical genius one of my you know one of my personal favorites yeah you freaking um, love you freaking love elton no you're go- you're going to the the saint laurent uh oscar a uh, pre-oscar bash well first first i'm going to Bodie. okay yeah you're gonna yeah you can you can look at some Bodie clothes that you're not interested in or are gonna buy let's just Chris, move on to the main course there's without the without the premi there is no segundi you know what i mean that's a, that, no that's true i look i love Bodie. obviously i'm a known i'm on the record but I, I don't see you although i would love to see you maybe in a custom crochet short for the for the kind of yeah. uh, summer in italy possiblemente unfortunately uh i think i was like four years old when the, that was the last age I was when body clothes fit me. So no, that's that why I said not custom. really. Shorts are kind of the only. That's thing, why I maybe. said custom, bro. That's why I said custom. We don't do we don't do body off rack. We only do body custom. You know that. Jason. Copy that. I mean, I was I was literally getting my second fitting yesterday for my suit uh, from Mister Lim. He also was nice enough to uh, do a little false hem on my trousers. Pro bono, of course. What a treat! He asked me if I wanted some coffee. He gently kind of placed his hand on the small of my back, uh, toxic man style, and guided me to the that's escalator. A, that's a microaggression. It was. That's a microaggression. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to be okay with that. I know he does things quote unquote old school, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean sexual assault. Exactly. Uh, he did not create a safe space to get uh, <laughs> the way that my dick hangs on my pants <laughs> measured. <laughs> sure. Uh, nevertheless, we persist. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm no stranger to custom garment garmentry, of course. Yeah, uh, you're no custom. Yeah, you're no stranger as of as of two weeks ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I got my little money up. Suck it. <laughs> but yeah, it's you're you're really missing out. I'm, I mean, bopping over to Bodhi and then a quick dip into Shintaro, see if the uni tastes like Dai Dai or not, and then off to YSL, which is at the a Lautner House in the Los Feliz Hills. So I'll just. I'll be able to plug in the Tesla at Aziz's house and I won't even need to take an Uber because I'm so close. <laughs> oh, God. I am jealous. I'm deeply jealous. I'm excited for my night. But, you know, the the not being in L.A. during during um, the Oscars does feel like a miss. Uh, and I will not let this massive ha- miss. I will not let this happen again. It's probably the best time to be there besides obviously like July when it's just roasting outside. and You can really, mm-hmm. really take it all in. The streets are wild with matcha are you gonna get twisted i don't think i'm gonna get super hyphy twisted i mean there's only so much damage you could do at a, at a Bodie show and then i mean the ysl thing could be something we'll see but it's so close to my house and i don't really particularly picture me just having like a five martini night or something yeah for some reason i, I think i'm gonna get a nice toasty buzz on but okay <laughs> this is more for the luke 
Nice t- toasty buzz on, he says. Okay, well, I mean, I'm look, just I there s- to support my triangle of sadness family. You guys rocked it this year so hard. You guys fucking. And we need to make sure that everything all at once, yeah, does not win any award. We need to, yeah. That's that's what you're doing. I know. I know that. I know that you don't realize the Oscar <laughs> voting's kind of already been tabulated. But I like that you think you. No, nah, I'm gonna. Guys- I'm up to some <laughs> Dominion style tomfoolery. We're. The Price Water. I'm going to change some of the votes around. The Price Waterhouse Cooper team, who comes out with the with the briefcase, you know, th- those guys, mm-hmm. th- they can be persi- they can be persuaded. Oh, they could be bought, and they could be bought. And where else are they going to rub elbows at than the Saint Laurent party, where those guys definitely get invited to? They get invited every year. I wanted to talk about another uh, a new gym guy development that's been kind of popping up on my radar. I got a couple ready to fly as well, brother. There's a new guy who's really hot and he's got, he wears very short shorts. Um, of course he's got the Bass Pro Shops mesh on. Oh, I saw a guy wearing Bass Pro Shop mesh hat today and he looked like he doesn't know what a fucking large mouth is or a small mouth. This the only large mouth this guy knows is the one he's putting his dick into. You know what I'm Wait saying? Wait for it. Uh, but, Let's go, but honey. Ate that. He he had he's got like the necklaces, like a pearl on t shirt, short Nike shorts, bass pro shops hat, but on mm-hmm. the feet. R.I.P. Vivian Westwood. On the feet. Toms with socks. Ooh, <laughs> never seen an un, uh, uncharted territory. Toms with socks, and he's got a couple different flavors of Toms. He switches it up depending on his look. A red pair, a blue pair. I believe there's a white pair. Okay, what is the? Would he be a a, a power bottom twink, or is this an otter? How? What's no? What's the square footage on him? What's the mass? I mean, the problem is he looks gay, of course, but he might just be a TikToker. You know, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't. One been, can never tell. I haven't really seen his hair without. But the you do know how? I mean, would you? How? What, tell me uh, how? Tell me how his body looks size wise. Medium. I mean, he's he's built, but lower. No, he's built. <laughs> He's he's built, but he's not like he ain't he ain't super skinny, but he's also not like fucking going sicko mode. So he's a middle of the road guy, Mid- but but in shape, like middle of the road guy who goes to equal. Of course, of course, know, and looks good in a tank top. I'm sure five ten, buck seventy five, looking pretty good. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't, and I'm sure he's weighing himself without his chains on thigh tat. Um, there are some tats. Uh, I, I believe none on the thighs. He likes to keep those clean. But the respect. I've just. You know, I know they. I know they say they. You're supposed to wear like a flat shoe for for mm-hmm. lifting. You know, but this guy ain't doing any of that stuff. Does it get flatter than a tom? Is what he said. But the tom. But he's not doing that. He's not doing any deadlifts. He's not. So so my decision is my executive decision is the guy who's been going to the gym for a long time. He's doing the tom strictly for the look. It has nothing to do with performance. Well, I mean, it, it could have something to do with comfort. I don't really. I've never worn a tom's, of course, but. I assume that it's about as comfortable as a shoe is going to get. I mean, it's just like wearing a, a sock, right? I mean, in theory, but I don't think it. I don't think the gym is the place for it. <laughs> Jerry, personally, I, I I just don't think. I think it's offensive to the other patrons. <laughs> That's right. Um, I agree. I, it it does convey a little bit of a free spirited attitude. <laughs> um, I, I guess I would have to see the guy and really take a look under the hood to offer any more info on this. I ha- I had a new guy, which is not that new, but. Two dudes, kind of like um, some lunkhead, like chud kind of guys, like huge, you know, three hundred pounds, 
chest tats, you know, six three, six four, just mm-hmm. bruiser kind of guys. Me, guys like me. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. different than me. Uh, okay, this sorry, is go this ahead. is somebody I, that you'd see in like a Reservoir Dogs kind of hired muscle or a, once once again, once again, I don't. Okay, so not me. Just okay. You ever see a Continue. video where like a Romanian guy is like, you know what? I'm gonna fist fight <laughs> this bear, and you're like, he's kind of doing it. Ever see it's, a video? It's that kind of guy. <laughs> ever see a so video? Not so much you. He's kind of doing it. It's it's gonna go. It'll be a tail of the tape but he got some licks in he didn't he he got a couple rounds for sure but so two guys and they're kind of walking around one of them was in the gym and they, they're they older they look like they've been going to gyms you know since the fucking 70s or something like that like very comfortable in the gym environment old dude one of them was wearing like velour tracksuit. the armenian element is coming into play not to stereotype sure we go and and they're kind of like badass dudes they're kind of looking around the gym at other people and they may or may not be like kind of giggling or snickering at somebody's sure size of their weight like oh he's only been doing fucking 30 pound curls okay yeah so that vibes out in the air and then i'm in the sauna posted up with all my goonies (laughs) these two guys walk in the only thing that they've done to alter their look is take their shirt off. <laughs> they got shoes and socks on in the gym. In They're the wearing sauna? pants, Hanes underwear, cell phone in hand, socks and shoes standing in a sauna. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> and they were they were shamed by this collection of like frail, broken real estate agents and guys who play golf <laughs> Were all, all of us were looking at him in like a you know, like a Care Bears, Power Ranger kind of style, and our combined hatred towards them forced their energy out. They they were they stood in there, and everyone's like, "Are you fucking?" You know, like judging them silently with the eyes, and they left within like thirty seconds. But just seeing a, a guy wearing shoes in the sauna, I mean, that's crazy. Me. That's crazy. That's also obviously it's, it doesn't feel like. Very what are you going to do? Walk home? Not that the sauna is not that the sauna is the most sanitary place, but that doesn't help. You know, tracking in who knows what from the mean parking Look, lots of Glendale. Come is come, come is come. But I'm I'm <laughs> this guy's walking around. It could be you know gum. The gum. fecal matter from an animal, fecal matter, f- or worse, it could be anything. There could be blood. There could be remains of a human body. I, I sorry, I finished the shards. Not not to spoil anything. Damn, what um, the hell? Right, we do I'm, have- I'm uh, I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, damn, yo, I'm like 200 pages deep in this book, and it's like cool. Like you'll be halfway done in a week. I want to text Brett and find out who plays the hot guy that's bad on the TV show. I'm sure there's one coming. All right, we have a guest today. Uh, old friends of the pod, uh, Tan Lines, uh, a great band here from New York City. Um, they have a new album uh, that is coming out. It's called The Big Mess on May 29th mm-hmm. uh, on, I, I believe, Merge Records. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is very cool for a comeback. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, we've, we, go back with, we go back with Jesse pretty far at this point. He's a fellow podcaster yeah. at one time. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pod called No FX, spelled not FX, like the beautiful television network but more so <laughs> not like a special effects <laughs> actually not like that either not like and uh, not like personal not effects. like no effects my one of my favorite bands not like no effects which it's going to be tough i know tan lines is a band and i'll probably play one of their songs at the end of the episode but there's a strong chance it'll be a no effects song now at this point um but yeah he had a pod and i did his show and he did my show this was probably like 2017 or something like yeah 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 through the annals of pod history what 
can't white guys from Gowanus do is the question that we no. continue to ask here. Look, this Jesse's a father, and, and and I'm sure Eric. I believe Eric lives in Connecticut now. So these guys are really on an okay. These guys said I think they had this shit kind of sitting. I'm gonna, we're gonna find out today, but I feel like they might have had this shit sitting in the can, and then Merge was sniffing around. You know, mm. Merge saw what was happening with just like Heaven Fest, you know, and shit like that. Like let's see what let's see what Jessica and Eric have been up to in Bang Bang. We we mm-hmm. get a we get a tan lines record, you know. So let's uh let's give him a buzz and see what's Guan. Let's see what Guan. Damn, that's a that's a sexy little setup you got, Eric. Jesse looks like he's in a jail cell hiding from his children. Yeah. Uh, and you <laughs> you look like you're in some sort of like seventies okay. fuck palace slash studio. Yeah. Is that what you would call that? Eric just said that's right. That's what I do here. Okay. <laughs> Next that's question, right, bitch. Uh, Eric. Where is this? Is this in Connecticut or is this in New York City? It's in Connecticut. Yeah, you can't do this in New York City. You can <laughs> if you if you sold some more records, you'd be fine. But you know, we can get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, this appearance will help. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. We, there's right, there's so hundreds Chris, of I'm people recording, listening. Right? I'm recording. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it says. Yeah, yeah. It says. It says recording. <laughs> what are what are the are those free with purchase? They were free with like being in a band in 2011. Okay. Okay. So you got some you got some skull candies on. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about. Yeah. We got tan lines here. What's exactly. going on, Jesse and Eric? Uh, so back to skull candies. Think about that name. It's like candy for your skull. You know what I mean? So as a couple of audio files, what have you guys been up to lately? Just just banging out that skull candy, you know? <laughs> Which I guess could also skull candy is what your music could be described as as well, right? Yeah, it's like it's like a cousin of the earworm. Mm. Yeah. It's a Gen yeah. Z earworm. Yeah. Because earworm, that sounds like it gives me the ick, but yeah, more right. what you just said, it's yummy. packing more punch. But no, seriously, what's going on, guys? You know, um, we are just back out here after like eight years uh, in the wilderness. Uh-huh. Um, got an album coming out, starting to talk to people, starting to uh, hit post again. <laughs> so you so you guys saw what was happening out there and you were like, you know what? We're leaving money on the table. Let's be honest about what's going I, on. I had a feeling like leaving money on the table would come up on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. <laughs> and minute one. What do you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because I was, you know, I'm an I'm a known Tanlines fan. I'm on the record as a Tanlines fan, so I'm I was very happy to see this. But I will say it is unexpected. Oh, I'm surprised. Of all the people, I thought you guys were, you know, you guys were good. What whatever you were doing, you were doing it, and it was, you know, you were all set. But you know, I there was a global pandemic, and I suspect that played a little part in this musical creation. Am I correct, fellas? Um, I'm gonna say no to that. <laughs> Are you wait? Are you a COVID truther too, my man? I thought I thought okay, sick. I knew you were cool, Jesse. We don't need to get into the politics of your beliefs or anything like that. I just keep it to the music, please. I, I hear you, Chris. I'm I am surprised too. Like I I'm, I'm surprised also. I not that I thought like I left music behind. Uh, Eric certainly never did. Um, I did much. I did more than Eric did. Not that we're doing another album, but that it's like it's on merge. We're out there. It's like putting it out in front of the world. It's just like another. It's like LP three. I, mm-hmm. I I didn't really see it coming, but Eric's been grinding on this music <laughs> for like this whole time. So so are you saying that Eric Eric maybe did some heavy lifting and sent you some zip files, yeah. and it was like all right, all right, all right, Chief, throw some shit on this now. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And then of course I did. I had to do the you know, get to work on the marketing side. You're like, this album sounds great. Good job, Eric. 
here's what we're going to do for the video. It's going to be a Zoom call. That's that's me. 100%. Yeah. Exactly what happened. No, 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 no. And I also have been a, f- a fan of Ten Lines for a long time. I was saying in the intro, Jesse and I have potted before on both of our respected shows. And I was actually ironically telling a story about saunas on the intro as well. While I was in the sauna today, one hour ago, Tanline song played over the speakers. In the sauna? Well, it, so in, in Equinox, shout out to Equinox, There's oh, yeah. they, ha- they play music in two zones. So the main gym is kind of like the little more mainstream kind yeah. of pumping music. And then the sauna is, is indie classics. I've heard some of them jeans remixes in the, <laughs> in the locker room area before. And tan lines will fit into the to the locker zone. They play tan lines where guys are jerking each other off versus kind of gaining muscle mass. It's I don't know what that is. I don't. That's weird to me. Losing mass, gaining mass, <laughs> yeah. lots of stuff. But you know, it's it's on brand. I I, I do. <laughs> if I had like a half a penny for every time someone heard a tan line song at an equinox, I'd have exactly <laughs> as much money as I have right now. <laughs> Uh-huh, okay eric so you're did you move to connecticut pre-covid because I, like i said that would be crazy <laughs> <laughs> okay so you moved to you moved to connecticut when you were forced out by fauci it, it was a long time coming okay honestly do you have roots in connecticut no does anybody i uh well i mean you are technically you're technically white so i thought maybe but i don't maybe know maybe julian casablancas might have some roots there yeah, yeah. your kids I'm sorry to break it to you, but your kids are going to have roots there. <laughs> Damn, when you when you become the root. Oh, fuck. You ever have any parents on the show before? Yeah. Is this the first yeah, time? Yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of parents on the show. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We don't we don't have anything in common with them, but we've had them on the show before. And we've had lots of parents on and we usually prop, pro, poke and prod them as much as we're doing to you guys. Good. Yeah. You guys are like bizarro version of us. That's how I see you. You're like, yes, if we didn't have kids. You know, you, you guys talk about, I'm like, I'm right there with you, you know? <laughs> okay, this is, this is the theme of the show then, fellas. There's something here. We, we feel around in the dark for something meaty to grab, and I think this is it. Because as somebody, as people like Chris and I who don't have kids at all, yeah. usually when you look at people who do have kids, it's sometimes I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. You're sharing a beautiful moment with your child, heartwarming, overwhelmed with joy and love, etc. But 90% of the time, you're like, pretty glad I don't have kids right now when you see something you know terrible happen and obviously you know that happens to you guys as well on both sides of the coin so when you look at us as people who don't have kids oh no I mean I agree with Eric mostly I see you as like an aspirational duo of like what my life could be like if I lived in LA didn't have kids and wasn't Jewish Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's like I oh I have disposable income and like my biggest problem is like what to order at Air One. I can play <laughs> tennis at two forty five on a any day. Look, I, to be to be fair, you live that life for a while. It's not like your kids are sixteen. That's true. You know what I mean? You don't have any high school age. That's true. That's true. But it was in the pre like fitness era. It was in the pre like uh, wellness era for me. At least. That, that's true. <laughs> Eric, uh, how old are your kids? Are your kids older? Or are they the same age? They're young. They're six and almost three. So do they think you're a freak or what? <laughs> and my daughter's a little more accepting of what I do. <laughs> I love a, I love the idea of a three year old being like I have some thoughts about your career choices so far, Father. I mean, look, I, do we need to do this album, Dad? I don't know. I know the label called you or whatever, but like, no, no, no. merge is totally dope. I get it, but like, 
<laughs> uh, okay, so pre-wellness. I mean, I guess we are kind of living in a bizarro world version of you, and you guys are a bizarro world. You guys are, yeah, no, you guys are living the third wave dream. Yeah, you know, I get, yeah, the third wave dream. But also because Chris and I, sorry to interrupt, Chris and I are both people who love music but cannot play it or perform it at all. So exactly, that's sort of where the coin is is flipped. Um, sorry, Eric, I cut you off. And yet you're touring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm deeply jealous of any anyone who can play an instrument at a at a like reasonable clip. Um, as someone who was always too lazy to learn that, um, touring is not the fun part of being able to play an instrument. Though I would say it's one of the worst parts. Um, unless you're trying to escape your family, which I'm not trying to. <laughs> unless you're trying to escape your family or make a new one. Touring, the one hour of being on stage is fun. Everything else sucks. It's funny how much the like how much work has been done to sort of explode the mythos of touring. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's over. When we grew up, you know, it was like, oh my god, touring is like like a dream, and like now you just hear musicians and people complaining about it so much and it's, it's it, true yeah because yeah. they because they really do because people the problem is is musicians now aren't willing to admit that they just ain't popping enough to sell tickets and they have to make it about mental health or like routing or gas prices or brexit they can't just admit my shit ain't popping and no one wants to come see me <laughs> i mean i think it's a little all of the above like i do think i know <laughs> it is, it I, is I, it. I do think <laughs> Almost no one's canceled a sold out tour. Okay. So <laughs> that's, that's my point. But like when you yeah. were, like you're saying, when you're younger, you're like, dude, I get to be in a van with my best friends smoking weed. And then we go to a different city every night, explore a town, fuck some chicks, fuck some dudes, play music, make a little scratch, do it all over again. And then when you're, old, when you're our age, you're like, I got to be in a van with all my friends. Oh, fuck. Oh, we we did a few because like uh, tan lines kind of took off. We were already in our 30s by then. So we were like in the bridge era between what you're describing and where I'm at right now. There were definitely some trips that were like felt like business trips. They're like, oh, I got a work trip to go on, you know? And, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I tell my yeah. chick, too. I, you know, I do want to say like all, all those things are true. It is like not it's hard. Like it's not you know, working in a coal mine, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a version of being a truck driver, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, as much as people, as much as that can be what, whatever tough, but like, I do think the highs, it's just like everything. The highs are, are usually high enough to propel you. If you're lucky enough, once those highs start to run out, then you're just like, why am I doing this? The, the highs for me, what I've figured out works for me is sitting backstage in some disgusting green room <laughs> and kind of watching the Shopify notifications come in from the merch that's selling in the shopify era you were doing music no stuff? he's talking about last month no this is right now this is how long gone oh you're yeah, tour yeah, now yeah. oh you're oh. we're talking about our, our our burgeoning podcast tour that we're on no right. in my yeah. in my era it was even cooler i remember meeting our tour manager in a parking lot and him giving me thirty five thousand dollars in a, in a bag yeah in cash yeah, that is the good old days. Baby. I re I remember on a Tanlines tour, finishing a Tanlines tour in um, L.A. and having all of our cash in socks and going to the like <laughs> Armenian Citibank, wherever in the Armenian neighborhood, and like deposit taking out all these socks and depositing the cash. At the it probably, I mean, if it was in Little Armenia, it probably was just another day for them. Like, oh, just put the socks there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the striped ones have the twenties and the regular. Okay, yeah. we do this all the time. It's fine. Yeah, that is that is the loss. That's the unfortunate part of 
the thought of having to sit in some office that smells while some like rockabilly chick writes me a check for three thousand dollars settling settling while jason while, while jason's drunk like having the time of his life and i'm i'm like okay like can we hurry this up can you just give me cash i don't want to check i don't want to talk to you i don't want to know anything about you uh, so just give me my money and let me fucking leave you're the drummer then chris i'm the <laughs> yeah. i'm the tour manager i'm yeah. the front man i'm the i do it all i'm the drummer yeah the, the drummer i feel like there was always in the band the person who could like settle and like talk to people and like handle yeah. shit and usually it's the drummer because they had the most physical responsibilities anyway right yeah true they had to maintain all of the equipment whereas the singer could just like walk in and mm -hmm. sing i guess that's mm -hmm. a good point and they and also they have the most shit to load in and load out too. I guess the poor drummers, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm feeling for you, bud. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is with bands, though. There's in my experience, there's there's only one guy in the band who really cares about what's going on. You know, as far as like the finances going, like did you, talking to the, when you're the manager, they're like, did you talk to the agent? Did you do this? Did you do that? And then the rest of the guys in the band fake care if it's like money related, but they don't really care what's going on. They're just kind of along for the ride. And if there's more than one guy that cares, it's kind of problematic. And who in talents do you think is that person? Definitely you. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Eric is an artist. I can see it in his hair. Exactly. And it's just a di it's a different he's got a different approach. You know, he's got Eric, a different Eric approach. has found out how to manage his raising children and his edible addiction. <laughs> Yes. in a healthy way all of his synthesizers he's good to go but the, the thing i do like about touring even if it is shitty and it's a lot of work is that it gives you a north star of a thing that you're doing with your life at that at that moment or for that month or whatever for that summer like there, you never you always wake up and be like all right i know exactly what i have to do what i'm working towards and there's no like what am i gonna do today this is how i describe the thing that's hard about it the thing that's maddening about touring is like each day the variables are the same and how they play out is like really unpredictable so like there's the wake up there's the drive there's the sound check there's the dinner there's the show and there's the hotel or whatever and like the day you think that like oh we got this great hotel like whatever that's what the that whatever happens to the show will be fine that's the day like something's fucked up with the hotel and the show turns out to be amazing and like <laughs> you just you can't quite predict what's gonna be the thing that day that goes really well and that doesn't go well because it's mm -hmm. usually one and the other and yep. that's maddening because it's repetitive but unpredictable i just went to chicago and i was on the set of a television show for the first time and the camaraderie that I felt, even being there for 48 hours, reminded me of what like a summer on Warp Tour is like. Mm. Where it's like everybody, there's all these people, they're from far flung, nobody was friends before this, and they're all like banded together to complete this task in a way that like I don't know what else you can compare it to, really. Yeah. In the army. I don't know. Yeah, the army. And that's why co-stars have affairs, you know. It doesn't feel like real life. Interesting, Chris. We had some we had some business trips to Chicago in the back in the day. <laughs> you do jobs there. <laughs> you do jobs there. We had a job in Chicago this week. That's how the old time that's how the old timers really talk about doing shows. They do say we had a job in We had a job. We had we had to go up and Run the wagons up to Pitchfork Fest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're on at two forty-five. We never got inside the gates, but we did get a great offer to play the after party. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've I've DJed a lot of Lollapalooza after parties yeah. where me and washed out at seven fifteen. Yeah. 
at a at the Hard Rock Hotel lobby. Just it's going to be a legendary night. It's a it's a you know it's decent work. I'm I'm grateful for every opportunity. Yeah, I know. I love opportunities. I love opportunities I as well. I mean to to be like, hey, here's fifteen hundred dollars to get blackout drunk on tequila, like. There's worse ways to make a living in this world. Much. I guess the obvious question is then, are 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 we hitting the road or are we trying to avoid that at all costs? That's the funny thing. So the first thing anybody says after they say, oh, you you didn't break up. Are you going on tour? Or like, what does touring look like? Mm. Is it just, the, is it really just the two of you? You could throw some gear. I mean, you know, like we could that do it. That was the a nice thing about it. We Yeah, we were able to tour in like a, a station wagon. And, and, and we could do fly-ins. The thing that I like so much about tan lines is like we were able to do fly-ins like weekends. Yeah, you know, uh, jobs on the weekends, and it's easy. You know, it's not the, the production of the drummer and the bass player and the other guys. If there's a band that drops out at the last second for the opening of a uh, store in Halifax, they can hit up. <laughs> they would be great for fly it. In and do it, and that happened. And that that was a that was a big part of our living for a long time. Was that, and also they were like, we also hit the spot where it's just like. They've got a small footprint. There would be perfect openers. So, you know, we we did that a bunch also. So, like, it really feels like a hybrid between a band and a and a DJ in in so many in terms of the production and in ease of setting up and setting down. Yeah, traveling, doing weekenders, not needing any backline though. We did need some backline. Get a little backline. It's a couple hundred bucks, yeah. and then you know you rack up the the miles. Speaking speaking of touring and backlines and and things like that. Did you guys see the story? It was like a week ago. Chris sent it to me about a Rosalia concert in South America. It was in Peru. Okay, it was so it was in Peru. Basically, the the singer Rosalia. She was very popular in Peru. She was doing a South American tour, and I guess she did not do a date in Peru. So her fandom was so strong there that they recreated her in very intense live stage production. It's like a they built the whole soundstage. Dancers, all the choreography was the exact same as her show. They had people impersonating her as the singer, and they sold out, what was it, 4,000 tickets. 4,000 tickets. To essentially like a high school recreation play <laughs> yeah, of her show that's currently touring right now. It's, it's, like yeah. a, it's like they used to call it a tribute band. Yes, it's basically a tribute. What, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that, but what's interesting now is like production is such a huge part of a tour like so much of what you're paying for is like their production so like you can't just have somebody up there doing rosalia songs to recreate the experience you also have to have yeah. a production cover yeah and they had a, they had a guy with the steady cam filming and like the live project like holy shit down to the exact same there was like a scene when I saw her, the real version of her, where all like she has like twenty dancers and they form a human motorcycle, hmm. and then she <laughs> straddles it and sort of mimics that she's riding a motorcycle built out of her twenty dancers, and on the screen behind her is like a road going by really fast, and they're like just watched it on YouTube and recreated this like insane fucking thing. I'm, I love that. I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of them. I love that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they don't, hopefully they don't put musicians out of work, but Hey, relax. Okay. It's not AI coming for your jobs. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that that's the thing that's really weird about it is like, you've seen tribute shows like that where it's like, I'm going to do, you know, Elton John or whatever, you know, but to see it happening in real time with the current show that's currently being toured right now, and they're like, yeah, we just sold a four thousand seater out. That what does that how mean? Did they, you know? How did they bill it? 
how, how did they bill it? In Peruvian. The Daily Mail didn't have that information. This was mainly just <laughs> kind of like, whoa, look at this. You know, it was more of like a, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just legally speaking, how did they bill that? And I mean, could you imagine being Rosalia and watching the video of that? Nonstop crying, I'm assuming. Rosalia is a freak. She loved it. They once sold um, knockoff tan lines t-shirts outside of the Fonda. So I can kind <laughs> of relate. <laughs> what, what have you got? What uh? What have you guys been doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely things were definitely kind of slowing down for us after our last album, and I had a, my son. You came over to my house, I think, right before, right in that in yeah. that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I definitely took a couple years off to just be like a stay at home dad. I lo- I love that for you, the hottest guy at the playground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm on paternity leave. And then. After a few years of that, like uh, I started my what I'm calling my corporate era. Like I, <laughs> someone came and asked if I wanted to join us, like on the social team at YouTube. Damn, I did that for a couple of years, and then I did another in-house like marketing brand gig at Nike. And wow, Damn. you really are one of us. Yeah, you really you turned into an <laughs> a- agency slut just like we did. No, I'm in-house. I'm, I've only done in-house. That's because you need insurance for all these children. It's different. You know? <laughs> if I die, no one cares. You know, I don't need the no one cares. There's no one to pay out. You know, it's fine. That's right. No, I knew you had done some of that. I didn't realize it. I knew I remember. I think I remember the YouTube job. but I didn't realize that's um. so you have like a full career now, basically. I mean, I'm not right now. I left. I left my last job because I, I didn't want to relocate. So I'm currently like doing and I started to do music more again at that point. Exactly. No one wants to move to Portland. No one wants to move to Portland. <laughs> no one wants to move to Portland. I get it, bro. Well, Eric, what Eric, what were you doing? Were you just beasting in the underground on the slapping the bass? <laughs> I copied him. I did the same thing. We were like, you know, he's like, well, I have a kid. Well, like, really? oh, I better have a kid too. Oh shit. And so we had the kid and I'm shit. like stay at home dad. We're like two stay at home dads. And we're like, you know what? We should make a kid's album already. Oh yeah, you did make a kid's album. Yeah. LP two. EP2, EP2. 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 <laughs> yeah. Chill, 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 chill. Yeah. Noted, noted. You know, I got, I've always had a studio. I've always been writing and producing music. That's just what I do. It's all I do. Mm-hmm. So I just kept writing songs and making songs. I've got a great catalog here. You ever want to come and sing on something? Jason, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a smoothie. I, I know. What's in it? Great question. Blueberry, banana, uh, milk, protein powder, almond butter. Sounds very similar to my smoothie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, banana, blueberry, what you can't really lose with it. Are you uh is that all you've had today? It is, yeah. But it's it's still only twelve thirty. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm gonna feast feast on some sushi tonight. <laughs> I was just out in LA with my kids and um we went to Sugarfish with them. <laughs> that's that's some Jason would call that child abuse, but go ahead. Look, if I had kids, I'd be going to Sugarfish too, brother. I'm ready to to describe myself as basic, but like blew the, it blew blew their minds it was really like the greatest yeah oh yeah it, we had to go back i mean that's cool i always wondered if i had kids if they would be the type of kid who would instantly take to exotic foods like eating sushi at you know three years old or whatever or if they would just rebel against that they would do the latter mm-hmm. um i've been <laughs> trying course. to feed my kid i've been trying to feed my kid chicken nuggets for years and it's just not taking good <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever you want to do the opposite. Okay, their first word was umami. Every time I see people like bring kids to LA, I'm like, what what do they come to this wasteland to do besides <laughs> hopefully get ni- you know, like nice weather? Or was there like a Disney trip involved or something? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like they we haven't really traveled very much with them in the last few years. So we just wanted to go someplace that felt really like far away. So we went there and we went to Disneyland and we went to Joshua Tree and oh the whole thing oh yeah and and they had to hang out with our friends that live out there and stuff so it was yeah what part of what part of Silver Lake did you stay in <laughs> we on yeah that's about right <laughs> the answer is yeah <laughs> the answer is yeah I I I really love that you know I feel like you guys are dads that keep it real which is always refreshing because you know even in my even in my off mic life you know there's a lot of guys oh man it's just so sick bro like i just you know man it's just every day is a gift and i'm like you are full of shit like this is got this is not a gift every day nothing is a gift every day it's just not realistic yeah i i it's all i can do i i, I love being a dad but it's not what you just said it's just yeah i think it's always somewhere in the middle if you're the type of person yeah, of that yeah. complains yeah. about how bad it is all the time that's just as bad as somebody who says yeah, every no day one is wants a gift. to hear that no either. one wants to hear about no other, this is also how i think about it kids are great parents are horrible so like kids are great parents are the worst so like one of the things about being a parent is like you get to be around kids who are like great and interesting and weird and fun and annoying and (laughs) like they give an older person additional reasons to challenge themselves and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then you also become a parent you sort of transition into your parent form which is tough (laughs) (laughs) but you so so like how they say there's no such thing as bad dogs just bad dog owners same kind of thing with with kids and parents so you so you're kind of saying like every you're at the playground you see all these kids and their their mind hasn't been tainted by the ills of the world yet they're still these mm-hmm. perfect kind creatures for the most part and then you look at the parents and you're like these this kid's going to grow up to be a piece of shit because their parents suck dick not literally yeah i mean yes and no i think that like there are some i have two kids they're like insanely different so if you had asked me like nature versus nurture before I had kids, I would have said what you just said. Oh yeah. Nurtures everything mm-hmm. within like a week or within a three hours of having a kid. I was like, nature's big. <laughs> <laughs> it's not everything, but it's very big. Nature's it's huge. Big. Nature's it's huge. Nature's nature's huge. Don't sleep on nature. I don't want to make this a parent conversation, but I do think ah. the challenge is like, <laughs> having the self-awareness and honesty to recognize like who that your child is an individual and what their, what their personality is like, and then put your shit aside so you can actually like listen to and raise that person, not the version of that person that you want. And you know, it's, that's the challenge. I don't know if I'd ever be able to do that. That sounds really difficult. Oh hell no! But I, I do have one of those little fucking. Everyone does it though. There's six, there's 8 billion people in the world. It's not interesting. This is another thing. I'm just dropping my my parents up because you asked for it, and then I'll move on. But oh, it's interesting. I've been waiting for this stuff. <laughs> the, the challenging thing for some people is like, on a macro level, having a kid is the most normal, basic, boring shit in the world. Literally, eight billion people were babies. For yourself, it's this really huge change, right? Yeah, it's like this major change for you. 
some people get really lost in that. They think it's because it's really interesting to them. It's interesting to everybody. It sounds like when you start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the same. It's the same impulse. And you're like, my life is forever altered on, in the annals of Spotify. And everyone else is like, <laughs> oh, great. You have a podcast. Cool. So does my fucking aunt. That wasn't true. That wasn't true back in the Tall Tales days. That's true. Oh, here we go. Don't gas him. Don't gas him up. He's like, bro, I mean, me and Corolla were neck and neck for a minute. I mean. Look, Howard's cool. Howard's cool. Um. <laughs> I like Howard. I like him, but I just think he took it a different direction. Did you did you see the article about dating dating bro podcasters, brocasters in the in the Times? Oh, it didn't apply to us, even though we've been called a brocast, and I'm sure you have as well over the years, Jesse, with your show. <laughs> He's like, um, no, I haven't. But you know, there is a. I, I love. What I the lo- fuck are you talking about? I love that there's a, a stigma attached to being a. a podcasting bro the article is pretty funny because it was it was it was almost like it was like this i don't even know what they were comparing it to but it was very much like these guys you know kind of have these qualities like you know they love to hear themselves talk they have this blah you know these attitudes which i'm sure there's obviously some truth to um but i didn't I, i guess every time something like that happens with podcasting i'm like is it really this popular like, is it really this popular where, like, there was enough women to interview that were like, oh, yeah, I went on a date with this guy at a podcast and it didn't work. You know, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't th- I, I forget every day that it's that popular. Honestly, you would know how popular it is. Like, I, like I'm assuming you're checking the Shopify back end version of Spotify <laughs> for artists. Yeah, but but popular, popular in a way. But that's like there's bands that the four of us could sit here and talk about for two hours that most people have no idea what the fuck right. we're talking about. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing where it's like it feels niche but i think it's not actually that niche and i think there's also this like it's like a new bucket to put people into you know like a style of person now so i think that's kind of easier to to understand it's not about like it's just a new thing that like is gaining traction but i would say most people still don't listen to podcasts no like in the scheme of things oh i can tell you from doing one for several years in the (laughs) what i would call the late early podcast boom Uh it wasn't like the early boom it was the end of the early boom (laughs) yeah yeah right jason it's yeah it's last last few breaths before this next era the question that i saw nobody asking is what 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 i think they really mean is like i don't want to date a podcaster who's not rich from it like i feel like if if you're like oh i'm a podcast host and i make five million dollars a year i think everyone's going to be kind of okay with that it's more of just like yeah i got my show we talk about magic the gathering in my basement and i think it's really going to take off and we're going to get a twitch soon you know like that kind of shit then you're like okay guy but that's that's 99 percent of people who do podcasts. anything yeah anything well that's also famous bands but it's bands it's like it's cool it's like sexy if you're in a band but being in a band there's there are a lot of people who will date you if you're in a band that's not successful i've seen it for years and years of my life oh wait you know that movie that i just saw Jonah Hill's a podcast, bro. That must be why they wrote that article. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, the the movie, the Eddie Murphy movie? You watch that? Yeah, you people. Yeah, he's a podcast, bro. I feel like that's tied into that conversation. Yeah, you're probably right. I didn't watch that because people told me it was literally the worst thing they've ever seen. People acted like it was like, it like burned their skin from watching it. It was so bad. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> hey, I watched, I'll watch anything. I mean, the, the only thing I really remember about that movie was we watched half of, uh, halfway through the movie, I realized that Jonah Hill's character's name is Ezra Cohen, which is my older brother's name. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I forgot it's all about Judaism. He's a Jew, yeah. and it's like the, the black family, the Jewish family, understanding one another through sneakers. <laughs> yeah. One of the families, though, I hope you're sitting down, is from Beverly Hills, and the other one's from the hood. Did, did you watch it, Jason? <laughs> I did watch it. Okay. Um, right. you, you haven't been answering that. Just like we didn't answer if we're going on tour. You didn't answer. <laughs> Jonah's a friend and a I listener, so I don't really... I, I, if you can't say nothing good about it, don't say nothing at all is kind of where I'm, I think Jonah probably knows that it's bad. I enjoyed watching it. That's that's it's an it's an airplane movie. It's an airplane. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I bet it did fucking numbers, too. I bet that thing yeah. did fucking numbers. They had they had these sepia tone montages in between all the scenes with like run the jewels instrumental B sides <laughs> playing over it. Not and run like the jewels. Superstitial B B roll of sneakers on a wall and things like that people bro, looking at hoodies you ain't even got the sean Wortherspoon 97s bro you're you're wow and the and the wedding floral arrangement was one giant witherspoon 97 as well <laughs> spent the whole budget on that not to okay let's not talk about that anymore though okay. i want to talk about seth rogan's little comments because i thought that was pretty interesting this what he said this week he said that he basically is saying criticism hurts people's feelings and should go away hmm. he's basically saying that like if critics knew how bad it hurt us as multimillionaire actors, they wouldn't say the things that they say. And people were like, bro, you need to get a fucking grip. Like, this is not, you don't live in reality. Like, Seth Rogen said that? That's right. Well, was he basically saying that or was that your interpretation of what he was saying? No, that's, no, that's what, no, that is what he said. He was like, I don't think critics would say what they say if they knew how much it affected us. I have, I have a question. Are there, are there like podcast reviews? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are there podcast critics? Yes. Have you ever like had a bad review? Well, <clears throat> I mean, on, on like Apple and Spotify, like people can leave, like not, you know, just like listen. That's comments. Yeah, not comments, but. That's, that's not, I'm not talking about comments. Commenters? That's the same thing. <laughs> We've had, no, that's, that's not the same thing. There's, there's been a, we, have, we haven't had any hit pieces or takedown things or any rough criticism but we've you know which we'll, is honestly incredible i'm shocked it makes no sense but we've definitely had a couple taking a couple if jobs everyone gets it not because of your show of course oh gets. i don't but but my whole point is that seth rogan obviously stuff affects people but you can't let them see you sweat that's the whole thing you're better than that i'm surprised he said it and i don't know why he would because i think he's high and too revealing <laughs> he's very revealing he probably revealed too much. <laughs> I heard a simply put. I remember a Seth Rogen story that he told on a late night show once, like 15 years ago. It stuck with me. He said that he one time he was on set somewhere uh, on the back lot, and one of those and he was talking to Will Smith. They were chatting and whatever, and he had never met him before. And then like a tour bus came through, like one of those tours. And Seth Rogen saw it and was like, oh, shit, we should, like, get out of here probably, right? And Will Smith saw it and he, like, stopped the conversation, walked straight to the tour bus, shook everyone's hand, posed for photos. And he was like, that's why I'm Seth Rogen and he's Will Smith. Not Interesting, wrong. Chris. And I'm and out of the two of us, I'm the Will Smith handshaker of the, of the two and Chris is the Seth Rogen retreater mm. something to think about chris i don't i don't smoke weed or make bad pottery so let's fall <laughs> back on that but there are some similarities in this per, per, mm. like this specific okay. instance fair, fair, yes. fair. um yeah will also not a guy who takes criticism well <laughs> first of all i should say that most of the <laughs> most of the reviews and stuff we've ever gotten was just like nice music 
guys seem cool. And then just like not, not, never, not putting us all like on the year end list. Like we were, you know, it was just sort of like, cool, shrug, nice. Or like, I'm happy when this comes on at the Equinox. <laughs> it's good. It's delightful and pleasant and nice to listen to. I don't have anything bad to say about it. For some people, that's probably not enough. For some people, probably including Eric, I would say that's not, a, that's not enough. Um, <laughs> As the like lyricist and person who like is actually singing it and has to put more of his like emotional self into this thing. Whereas yeah. I'm just like a guy hitting buttons and like whatever. I don't know. For like a long time, I sort of had that artist mentality that was like critics are just like, um, you know, people who think that can, they, who try to turn consume consumption into an art form. That's that's the sort of diss that I've generally thrown at critics yeah and i still think that that's kind of true like i'd rather be like a failed person a failed artist or person who made something than a person who just like buys things and writes about them with all due respect to those people Well, hey jesse Mm -hmm. first of all usually they're given the album for free they don't have to buy it (laughs) so let's kind of you know yeah that's true that's kind of a plus of the job the promos yeah yeah Yeah. but do you do you believe i i agree with all of that but do you believe that criticism is an art form in itself it can be i think it's rare that it is but i definitely think it can be and i definitely think they play like a pretty important role in the like ecosystem especially for like artists that are not used to being checked in any way whatsoever. Um, yeah. So I, I think they play an important role, but like, I'm also like not, you know, I don't really remember much that has ever been said about us because I just like float along on the undue sense of self that I have. Well, they're probably <laughs> scared because they, they know you're kind of a known doxer, oh, yeah. you know, kind of like, so they don't want to mess with Tanner. That's right. We'll, we'll like unleash that. the Stan army on them. So, yeah. yeah do you guys exactly, have a name yeah. for your, for your Stan army? Um, we, we used to joke about, uh, burn victims, <laughs> which is, Done. I mean, it's, it's really about, you know, sunburn. I, I, I once thought like, uh, Tanlians was funny, but like, like ATLians, but tan lines, like tan lines spelled wrong. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> tan lines. but Italians, like alien. But I, uh, you know, we were never really confronted with this problem. I think usually the fandom names themselves anyway. Well, welcome to 2023, baby. Times are changing. Get on Reddit and see what they're calling themselves. You got, you got some beauties sitting there ready to go whenever yeah. the time arises. Yeah. What do you call your, what do you call your fans? Goners? I guess it, people just call themselves goners. Yeah. Or a gone girl if you identify as a female. Yeah. Affleck lover. Great film. You like that? You like that movie, Eric? Gone Girl. I think the book was better. Classic Tan Lines reply. <laughs> Let's talk about sinks. Oh yeah, I knew this was coming. Sink talk. You guys, you you know what this is, Jesse. So uh, for listeners at home who don't know, interesting story of a sink that ended up being a wonderful sink for your career and your bank account, or uh, or the opposite, uh, a, a shitty tale of. A sink that got away. I spent some time thinking about this as I was listening to back episodes to get ready. And uh, I think I would put us in the like King Princess category of like it never really happened in that department. Okay. We got we got like a good amount of TV and like movies, I guess, but commercial stuff. I can't think of a single campaign that used one of our songs ever yeah i remember a lot of tv popping up i don't think we ever got a commercial what is the most proud 
television or, or film sync. Oh, you can only say one episode of Girls, not a whole season. No, it was the new girl. Oh. New girl. New girl. New girl. We were a new. We were a, we were a new girl band, not girls band. That's girls. and that's a pretty good way to describe where we fit into the culture <laughs> at that time. I would say because everyone talked about the music that was on Girls, and it was like a way to break through. We were on the the new girl, which has actually had. <laughs> really strong longevity you know that like teenagers love watching that show i think it's yes. yeah i think it's it in does syndication. really well i think it's in syndication yeah it, it it's on it does really well on netflix too yeah my nieces watched like all of them i'm like why you're she's like 16 and hates millennials <laughs> i think she just kind of does it as like a hate watch yeah no i think that's i mean i think that's part of the reason friends got so popular too same kind of shit where it was like yeah these people this is crazy that yeah. they live like this <laughs> I think New Girls, yeah, New Girls is a good look. Um, the, the, there's a movie called Endless Love, is that right? We were in? Endless Love. I know because I was just at my parents' house and they have the DVD, my mom, because <laughs> we're on it. And I was like, that's kind of sweet. Your mom's just like our moms. Yeah. There are some songs, though, that sound like us that every year during <laughs> March Madness, I get oh, text good. messages uh -oh. asking about whether. Wow, her, you guys are still killing it on the... the Which Imagine Dragons song is it? It's, <laughs> yeah, by the way, kids kids love Imagine Dragons. Kids are, kids are keeping that band alive. Well, you know who else loves <laughs> Imagine Dragons now are the gays because the singer has revealed himself as like absolutely shredded. Kids like shredded guys too. He like took his shirt off and he's just, it, it literally looks like an ad for a gym. He's so ripped, it's crazy. And everybody's like... <laughs> I could I look past know. the music, you know. Um, so I don't know, Eric. Do you have any sync stories you want to share? There is a browser called Bing. Do you guys know about it? How every good story begins. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we know. Okay, about my it. brother and I made a song that they sampled. They used in that original campaign for Bing, and that ran like crazy. It was all over for a very long time. Like it's very possible talent wouldn't exist if that hadn't happened. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It it allowed me to have a lot of um, opportunity. Um, and I, I will only use that browser. Is that right? <laughs> Just like with co like cosmically, it's the right way to do it, right way to browse. Yeah, yeah. Let me Bing that for you. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, so Bing is great. I love it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, great product. This band is literally brought to you by Bing, whether they realize it or not. Bing. Actually, I've never asked how. How did you guys meet? Eric used to have a studio with his brother in Greenpoint that, like. My old band recorded there. My old band was called Professor Murder. That's right. And um, we went over there, and obviously Eric and I had chemistry. So the relationship started and uh, just kind of continued. I used to hang out there. I used to stay stay there sometimes. Yeah, he came over one night, and we just made a beat. That was how it happened. He was, we were just hanging out, having beer, and we we're like, let's have a, make a beat. We did it. Yeah. Make a beat. I love this. This is like this is like Metro Boomin and Twenty One Savage. Yeah. We were just hanging out. We made a beat, and it was just kind of on. That's it. Was just the studio life. <laughs> and when you wake up yeah. and the beat is still tolerable, that's when you know you got something. Yeah. Um. But let's talk. I wanted to ask about the name of the album. It really reminds me of when you go to like a a diner and like the mm. there's like a large mm -hmm. breakfast, the big mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm assuming this is not related to any foods or anything though no it's not um but you know it's kind of just about life and life is like you know a food is a part of life so i guess in some abstract way you could say that mm. yeah i mean you know my my there's a song on that uh, album called the big mess and we, we named it after that we've never done a title track before that always felt like a little bit like a cop-out to me except in this instance it seemed like actually the right thing to do because it kind of encapsulates the whole 
thing, you know, the journey journey. Also, I think we've, um, I'm not, I don't want to put words in Eric's mouth, but like, I think one thing we've always done as a band is put showing the work we've like put ourselves. We're not like, I've never been able to relate to like the XX type aesthetic where it's just like super minimal. Everything we do is like kind of messy out loud. In my opinion, if anybody bothered to like mm-hmm. draw, write the trajectory of this band, it would like, they'd see every sort of step and misstep along the way. In my opinion, mm-hmm. what doing a kid's record was part of that. I was like, this fits in exactly with where I'm at right now. Like we, <laughs> we should get a record of it so that there's like this moment in our relationship as musicians is on the record, so to speak. So yeah. that's it you know at the end of the day it's like it's a bunch of stuff together but like it's a good breakfast hopefully and it's a mess that you're proud of yeah the yeah. departure and cover art was striking it's giving radio department okay first and foremost radio department i got i got you <laughs> I, it didn't feel right to put a picture of the two of us on there yeah i like that because it's a different era um it, this record is honestly a lot more eric i know i'm doing most of the talking that's <laughs> our division of labor in tan lines but um this is a lot more him mm. you know and he came to me and was like i have this collection of songs and i want to do it as a tan lines album you know we help we give me your blessing and if you can help me finish it and i said sure and so then i got in there and, and worked on it also but it felt very different and so it just wouldn't feel honest to put the two of us on there um it's one guy it's one person it's like one ambiguously ethnic caucasian man instead of two who is this person exactly do you even know no well we know the the photo was taken by eric's wife's grandfather who was an ethnomusicologist in greece he was actually a classics professor there recording folk music but yeah Uh uh-huh he took a bunch of photos and that was one of them. It just jumped out at me and I connected with it. It's a striking photo. It is. My joke about that guy is that like we keep calling him this old man and he was probably younger than us. <laughs> it was a different time back then just, in Greece, wasn't it? It was a different time. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for taking the time to pod. Your your new song, uh, Outer Banks, is playing right now it's kind of slowly creeping up on the outro and that's not that has nothing to do with the hit show on netflix right just a beautiful coincidence i mean season three did happen to debut during the mix uh the release of it so hopefully it got an seo bump uh but other than that no okay and then maybe you'll tour maybe you won't we're planning we're planning on playing live yeah look out look out for yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah okay guys and then um I just want to say I love you guys. I love the show. Oh, thanks, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Together we-